Hello, everyone. This is Sue Frederick, and I want to have a mystical conversation with you. What is a mystical conversation? Well, it's where you lift up above all the physical ego-based stories of this world, where we have problems and anxieties and no answers and enormous pain. And yes, that's all real. And yes, we came to experience that. But we can also shift into our soul's view of it all. And that's what I call a mystical conversation. So I am so honored today. I have an amazing guest and I'll get to her in a second. But I also want to tell you I'm Sue Frederick and I'm the author of a number of books, including Bridges to Heaven, True Stories of Loved Ones on the Other Side. And that was originally inspired by my husband dying from cancer in 1979, 1980. So I've been on the journey of learning from grief for a long, long time. It's been my greatest spiritual teacher. And if you want to know more about my work, just go to suefrederick.com. Also, I'm a certified soul regression therapist, and I am an ordained unity minister, and I'm an intuitive coach, and I'm a master numerologist, and I put all those tools together to help people find their way through the life journey here on earth, aligning it more with the soul journey that we came to accomplish. And on that note, wait until you meet my guest today. I just love this woman. Her name is Lisa Wilcoxon. She is a spiritual, evidential, medium, psychic, mystic, and mentor, naturally intuitive, and having seen spirit since her teenage years, Lisa dedicated herself to spiritual work after both of her children transcended. As a tested and certified medium and a recommended provider for the Helping Parents Heal organization, Lisa is renowned for delivering detailed evidence and stunning connection in readings. She compassionately provides undeniable proof of the that the bonds of love are unbreakable. There is no death and our lives are forever intertwined. Having overcome great trauma and with an abundance of gratitude for all, the miracles along her path, Lisa's mindful and inspirational guidance and connection has helped bereaved people across the globe. And her website is phoenixmedium.com. Say hello, Lisa. Hi, Sue. What an honor to be here with you. So I just want to tell the listeners the way I met Lisa is... Um, uh, and I'm ta I talk about this all the time. So everybody knows that follows my podcast that I moved to Phoenix knowing nobody. And, and that pretty soon I was mystically pulled into the Helping Parents Heal group, which is like my home, the home I've looked for my whole life. And I got to meet the amazing Elizabeth Boisson, who I've also interviewed on this podcast. And in that meeting, I remember my first view of Lisa Wilcoxon. She walked in because she's a beloved member of that group, and she's one of the mediums that many of those parents work with. And she and I just looked at each other's eyes and just ran up and hugged each other. I just wanted to put my head on her shoulder and cry. I just felt like an old friend I hadn't seen for a while, and I was so happy to see her. <laughs> and that has continued. So I'm so thrilled to tell you about her. And, and let me just say, Lisa... Your story, your story is so inspirational for so many reasons, but I want you to start 
with the first um, story of your son, Michael, who crossed in the year 2000. Uh, He was 12 years old. And I think that story is important to share with our listeners. Oh, my beloved Michael. Michael was born in 1988, just my, my first child, beautiful, beautiful boy. And he's named Michelangelo because my father's name was Angelo, not after the Ninja Turtle, who also came out in 1988. (laughs) And two months after Michael was born, um, it was actually within days after his first DPT shot, Michael started having severe seizures. And his seizures, uh, they were just acute. It wound up um, being labeled Lennox-Gastel because they were basically infantile spasms. At the age of two years old, um, we had been all over the country trying to help him him medically, not knowing it was the DPT shot that caused it. And we actually made the decision with many surgeons, many neurologists to remove a quarter of his brain and separate the lobes of his brain in a desperate attempt to try and try and help my sweet baby. And um, by the age of four, he could no longer swallow. He was tube fed. So his whole life, he never spoke. He never walked. He never talked. And he was he was just in my world. And at the age of 12, very, very suddenly, he got aspiration pneumonia. And within, within a matter of 48 hours, he crossed. Describe... Uh, how you've told me many times, and I just love it that you, even though he could never speak, there was just a pure intuitive communication between you. Do you want to talk about that some more? I know now that that my my time with Michael, the 12 years I had with Michael was my opening of my clairvoyance, my clairsentience, my claircognizance, because there's nothing like being a mother who needs to know everything that child needs. It it was just a feeling I had. I knew when he unfortunately had a seizure where his leg was actually broken. And I knew, I just knew, I, I picked him up, I took him to the doctor and I could just tell. And there were several doctors who would say to me, how did you know? How did you know? And how did he communicate when he crossed? Did he communicate right away to you or how did that process unfold? You know, I have to tell you, Sue, and I and I truly know this, but um, he he got pneumonia and we waited for his father to fly in from Minnesota. His his dad and I had divorced and he had moved to Minnesota and I laid with Michael as his heart stopped and I know that I handed that child to the arms of Jesus. I saw Jesus and I literally put my child in his arms. Mm -hmm. At that same time, my father was standing at the foot of the bed and he broke into tears and he said, Lisa, he's running now. He's running, running, running. And shortly thereafter, I had a mediumship reading with James von Prague, who, who, I mean, it's just, he's just wonderful. And James said to me, Lisa was, was your son a track star? Because he's showing me, he wants me to say he's running, running, running. And that's when I knew, I just knew he was okay. Yeah. 
That is such a beautiful heart opening story, Lisa. And I mean, to know you, you are pure love. And, you know, to hear that you went through that, I can just imagine all of those years of caring for him and intuitively being forced to go into your intuition so that you could help him. That is, I mean, thank you, Michael, for being such an extraordinary teacher of the divine. And if you had to say on your soul, from your soul to soul, what was Michael's greatest teaching f- to you? What would you say? Oh, well, I, I know, and I still say this to this day, being Michael's mother was the greatest thing I will ever do while in my physical body. Um, being his mother and, and teaching compassion. Because he was so severely disabled, people would... Um, in fact, I remember being in Denver at the Denver Zoo and he was in his wheelchair and I remember a father with a young boy and the father looked at the young boy and literally slapped him and said, don't stare. And my heart broke because that was, that was not what Michael was about at all. Michael was about love and children are inquisitive. And I went up to the, I went up to that father and that son. And I said, and I explained to him because he had a very prominent scar literally across the top of his head where his hair did not grow back from the staples from his brain surgery. And he, I explained about him and I said, he's just like you and I, I said, you can hold his hand. He loves to hear your voice he taught me compassion he taught me how to teach compassion oh gosh lisa oh that is so beautiful and then so he crossed in the year 2000 and then well before that in 1994 you had anthony yes so tell us anthony's journey well Michael was six years old when Anthony was born and Anthony was just a doll. He he didn't see anything different from his brother. I would ride around and Anthony as an infant would sit on Michael's wheelchair tray. And there were times when I would come in the living room and Anthony would be shoving Oreos into Michael's mouth, wanting to eat cookies with his brother. And <laughs> And he just, he truly just loved him as his brother. Now, when Michael crossed and Anthony was six, I turned my entire life into Anthony. He became, he became my sun and my moon and everything in between. And then we get to 2013 and Anthony goes back to heaven. So tell us about that. He did. He was going to Arizona State University. He was a freshman in college and he went to a party and someone put a synthetic drug in his nose. He immediately had a heart attack. Uh, The kids were younger. It was a high school party. They were scared. Um, They put him in their car and drove him to the emergency room. And where I got a call that Anthony was on a ventilator to come quickly. But, you know, Sue, three days before that happened, Mm -hmm. My mother, who had crossed four months before Michael crossed in the year 2000, appeared in my closet. And she had tears coming down her face. And I remember saying to my husband, Rick, Rick, I just saw my mom in my closet. I was so shocked, Sue. Mm -hmm. I thought, number one, 
how did I see her? And number two, why was she crying? There's no crying in heaven. This was when I thought heaven was still, as Rumi said, angels on harps, angels on clouds playing harps. Right. (laughs) And that one vision changed everything for me. Well, what, what would you say your spiritual journey? I mean, you've been through this amazing path of realization and awakening through grief and you you know it sounds like you started out maybe with a traditional religious understanding what would you say your spiritual beliefs are today my spiritual beliefs are encompass encompass everything um of course i i had a catholic upbringing um irish on my mother's side italian on my father's side and then I myself became a uh, Christian. In fact, we live right next to our church. And now I absolutely am 100% certain that the divine is so much greater than religion limits. I just love uh, that. Too. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Absolutely. And that there is no punishing God. I think that's the most important piece of that, you know. Absolutely not. It's it's mere fear that right. that holds man and woman, mankind back. Right. And you know, you were one of the beautiful friends who came to my ordination ceremony. And I'm just so, oh my goodness, thank you so much, Lisa. And you know, I think you knowing your story, you know, what I I've been on the journey since Paul died of, you know okay, I grew up Catholic, and why do good people suffer? Like, I lost all my friends from cancer when they were in their early 30s, you know, and you went through what you did with your beautiful Michael. And so my driving question was, if there is a God, right, why would God allow these beautiful, loving souls to suffer, including Michael, including Paul, including my Chrissy? And I had to really walk through every religion to find the answer that resonated as true. And that's why I became a unity minister, because they say God is a loving consciousness that rules this world, and that's inside of us as well, and that's all we need to know. And boy, when I found that principle, it was like, okay, now I can make peace with all of this, that a highly evolved soul, like your beautiful Michael, like my Paul, like my Chrissy, might choose a lifetime that looks physically terrible to the rest of us as we look at it from the outside. But in their soul, they are learning and burning away whatever they wanted to burn away and moving into the highest realms of consciousness, even while they're in the body. And did you ever get that feeling from Michael that he was such an old soul? Oh, of course. Absolutely, I did. Every time I would look at him, I did. But but as a mother, um, I feel that I, I was so dense in my physical nature. I remember holding that infant in the middle of the night as he would go into seizure after seizure after seizure, thinking to myself, I'll give him my brain. They can put my brain in his head, but then that won't work because then he'll think he's me. And truly my 12 years with suffering with Michael through 12 years, that child 
had 12 years of severe suffering was literally the burning fire that I had to walk through, which is why it's my boys that, that called me the Phoenix, not, not, not the Phoenix, but a Phoenix right. as we're all who go through this. Yes. This is what we are. It's yeah. not, you. it's certainly not unique to me. This is the awakening. This is the awareness to be able to, for each one of those we suffer, it's, it's feathers for our wings to be able to lift up and recognize. Oh, so beautiful, Lisa. I hope anybody who's listening, who has a loved one who may now be suffering from cancer or from some other um, physical illness or ailment, you know, just whenever you can take that breath and try to even just ask to be lifted into a soul's perspective on it for a moment, you know, just that moment where we say, okay, what is the lesson in this for me? Use me for help and healing. Show me the lesson. We're always kind of lifted above it. When I think of you as a mom with that infant, my heart breaks for you. And at the same time, my heart says, but this is why Lisa is so loving and so compassionate and such a beautiful soul and such a powerful medium. I mean, girl, your soul walked the path of fire and that means you're really strong and it means you're a very old soul. And we were talking before this conversation about how you chose for this lifetime the numerological path called the Aries 8 you don't mess with an eight path. An eight path comes in to learn to own their power spiritually, emotionally, physically, in every way. And gosh, I mean, you had to be a roaring lion mother to fight for Michael, to take care of Michael, and then to keep going with Anthony, and then to move forward after Anthony Cross, and then to rise up on the stage and be doing the beautiful healing work you do today. What a rock star, eight path soul you are. <laughs> oh, Sue, uh, I wish I could tell you it felt that way as I was going through it because I literally, I literally, after Anthony crossed, I know you've heard me say this before, tried to claw myself out of my own body. The pain was so great. And yet, I know within the deepest part of my soul that both of my children have showed me exactly what you say both of my children have shown me that that it is the synchronization of us the the mir miraculous way they've shown me these things is just it, we could talk forever i was so blessed that i got to watch you do your thing at the helping parents heal conference when um you were speaking and um, at the Helping Parents Heal Conference, we had, or it's not mine, it was put on by Elizabeth Boisson and her Helping Parents Heal team. But I was there as a speaker and Lisa was there as a speaker and a medium. And so I got to witness her in action. And if you could see her pure heart, loving compassion is how she works as a medium. It's like this pure channel of love that she then connects to that spirit connects to that soul and provides so much detail for the parent it's an extraordinary thing to watch and i gotta say if you're cynical or you doubt any of this 
go watch one of Lisa's videos or go watch her work somewhere. I promise you, first of all, you'll be crying your eyes out as she does it because it's so powerful and emotional. But the thing I loved about you, especially is that you bring that love, that compassion into it. It's not like just a little playful mediumship game where I see a person in a purple dress. It's just this loving channel of insight and information. And you are a profound healer. And I guess we can thank Michael and Anthony for helping you walk that journey. Thank you, Sue. You, you as well are a profound healer. And, and I see that in you. But I have to tell you, I am merely a channel for the people in spirit to work through. I'm, I'm truly, it, it astonishes me every single reading just astonishes me. You were saying this wonderful thing earlier I always like to ask people who've been through devastating loss, there's always a fork in the road. There's always this moment where um, we say, I can spend the rest of my life, you know, in bed or, or as Elizabeth said, on the couch with a bottle of vodka, you know, or I mean, for me, it would be I could spend the rest of my life raging at the world about why good people suffer. And we then we hit that fork in the road and we And we have this moment where the light comes through and we say, okay, well, maybe I'll start seeking a different way to look at this or a different answer. And that really, that one little uh, opening, I would say, that one little moment of calling in the light changes everything. And your answer to this is the best. Go ahead, Lisa, and tell them about your fork in the road. Oh, my fork in the road, Sue as I said, is truly happens every single day. I I do these readings and I receive the letters, the validation, because I don't always get the validation in the reading. But people email me with things that literally bring tears to my eyes because I know this was not of me. I think, how could I possibly have known that? It's proven to me time and time and time and time again. It's so real. It's so beautiful. They're so alive. There is no death. Yes. (laughs) Oh, I love that so much. You know, it's amazing because I, I work intuitively with people and I work with some people who are just looking to get their career in alignment with their soul mission. And, and that's, easy work for me. I can do that in my sleep. You know, that's, that's so easy. But then most of my clients are clients who are grieving and they, they do want the soul mission path because when our loved one crosses, one of our big questions is, well, then why am I still here? You know, when Paul and Chrissy and everybody died in my early thirties, I was struggling to make a living. And my big question was, why am I still here? I know where they are. Why can't I join them? And the numbers, numerology has always given me that answer for myself and for others. And so when I think about that, you know, and finding our purpose, then we apply it to the grief and we apply it to people who are grieving, especially moms who come to me and say, you know, I just want to be with my child and I can help them see, you know, here's what your child is saying. Cause I take the writing. That's how I work is I have the child right through me. And I read that to the mom before the session starts. 
And the mom always says, yes, that's my child. And I am always blown away. I'm always like going, wow. And so you're telling me that that little redheaded boy sitting on my steps over there, that's really your son. It's like, I'm the last to know. I'm just like, wow. And you're like you said, it's like pulls me out of any kind of depression or fear, you know, and people will say, well, how can you work with grieving parents all day? That's just awful. And I'll go, no, that's the greatest joy. You just can't understand it unless you experience it because you're pulled instantly into the highest realms to be with their departed. And wow, who would not want to do that? Who can do it? It truly is amazing. But, you know, no matter how many experiences I have and I can share about myself and I can share about my experiences, there's just no substitute for seeing someone have that experience themselves. There's no substitute. And that's what comes through in mediumship, because I'll say something and I'll have no clue what this is I'm saying. Mm -hmm. And I will see the light go on in that person's eyes and literally when i say the light go on this is what this is what my guides and the people in spirit have shown me is we are all lights yes and our lights become so dim but once we once that light goes on it, you know it's as einstein said once you see you cannot unsee i know i love that oh i just love that so much and I'm always quoting my grandfather because he was really my first spiritual teacher. And when I was quite young, he put my hand into the full moonlight one night and he said, do you see that moonlight, Sue? And I said, yeah. And he said, that's perpetual light and that's what God is. And I thought, and since then, whenever I doubt, whenever I fear, and being here in the human journey, we're going to. We're going to have bad moments. It's part of what we agree to coming into the human realm and putting on a human bodysuit and, you know, having health problems and all the other stuff that happens here. But the minute we even just put our hand in the light, just look up for the light. We are lifted back up into that awareness. And the ultimate prayer is always, just show me the light. Let me see that light, pour that light through me. And suddenly we are merged with our God consciousness. We always are, but then suddenly we're aware of it again. (laughs) That's right. It's absolutely, that's profoundly said. One of the things I love about your numerology in your family, which blows everything blows me away these days, but you are on the eight path and your two boys were on the same numerological soul mission path, the three path of creative self-expression, creative, unique communication. And you told me that makes perfect sense because Michael couldn't speak a word and we had the most creative communication, the most intuitive. And the other thing that I love is that because they were on those three paths and you're on the eight your soul agreement with both boys was the sacred number 11, which means that pure intuitive sacred connection to the divine. I mean, oh my God, Lisa, they were channels to you. And then now they even are stronger channels to the divine for you. Powerful soul agreement. Uh, I 
I'm just so incredibly grateful. I can truly say I'm incredibly and immensely grateful for for this life, for the life I've had and for these boys and for meeting such amazing people such as yourself and Elizabeth Boisson and Irene Vuvalitas and and their father, Ed, and my husband, Rick, and all the people that have crossed my path. It's it, I, I wouldn't change any of it, Sue. I agree 100%. And, um, you know, these lifetimes are not for sissies. <laughs> but whenever we open our heart and have the courage to say, you know, there's some sort of truth, some sort of lesson in this for me, and I don't want to resist it. I want to learn it because I know my soul put me on this path for growth. And I don't want to get to the end of my life and cross over and just go, God, Sue, why didn't you just try a little harder? You know, why didn't you love a little more? Like, I want to live now in a way that when I cross over from my soul review, I can go, all right, well, you know, you ruined a few days with crying a lot and everything, but for the most part, you kept going. And I think that's the thing we all want to do here is we'll have those days, you know, we'll cry. And then we'll have other days where we rise up and help people where we let the light shine. You know, I completely agree with that. In fact, I was thinking the other day, when I planned this, I must have had so much fun feeling the joy I would have when the awarenesses came to me. Yes, yes. And when we're planning a life like this, we don't really understand how painful it's going to be when we're down here, you know. But boy, what a brave soul you are. And Lisa, what would you say to anyone especially a mom who might be right now either grieving her child crossing or even just with a child who is suffering, who, I mean, at Helping Parents Heal, I met other moms whose children had special needs and who were quite struggling in their physical bodies while they were here. And they were so much similar to you and your story. So what would you say to anyone who's in the midst of that painful caregiving right now? Oh, I would offer that to try and open your heart and try not be close to what feels like such incredible platitudes Mm -hmm. for you and I to sit here while we're having good days and not sitting here in the grief and not sitting here in the despair to say, oh, but it's our soul's plan. Oh, but this to know that truly you and I both have walked through the fire and let all of the other beings around you be your legs to carry you until you too can stand on your own and until you too can see that yes we are all infinitely connected and our souls are divine oh beautiful i think those words will help moms get through the night and I just hope that everyone knows they can go to your website, phoenixmedium.com. They can also go to helpingparentsheal.org. They can also go to my website, suefrederick.com. And they're going to find a video or something, a blog that they can read even in their darkest hour. And hopefully it will help them just feel a little bit of that light pouring through their pain. I love you so much, Lisa. Thank you for talking to I me today. I love you, Sue. Thank you so much for the honor, and thank you to all you listeners and 
and bless you and know that I send light and love out to each and every one of you. Oh, thank you, beautiful soul. All right. Goodbye, everybody.